My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. Once again, I am your host here, Dallas Montague, and today we have another amazing guest with us here, June Brown. June, how are you today? I'm doing well, Dallas. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. It's a hot day here in Brazil. Very hot day. Where are you calling from today, June? It's a hot day here, too. I'm in Florida, and we're having an un- unseasonably warm winter, you know, these last this last month. Mm, what part of Florida? I am actually currently in central Florida. Like close to Orlando area? I'm closer to Gainesville. Okay. I'm in the country. I'm in the countryside, but I'm I'm closest to the city of Gainesville, where the University of Florida is. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today with us and our audience today, June. And you recently wrote a book titled "The Yoga Habit." Yes, I did. Okay, so we're going to talk about that a little bit for our audience today. Ask you some questions about your personal life as well. You can go ahead and just share a little bit of those things. Who are you? Well. I am a married mom of two daughters. My kids are 12 years apart, so we like to say we have the big one and the little one. (laughs) Something interesting about me and my family is that during the pandemic, we've been mostly traveling in a camper. We we call our travels the Grand Grandparent Tour. About six months into the lockdowns, we realized we wanted a safe way to make memories, see our elders. And also just to get out of the house where we had been for six months without really leaving the property much. So my kids actually have six grandparents. And with work and school online, we were able to buy a camper and take off visiting them. Hmm. Wow. So we've been spending quite a bit of time in Florida, but we've also been up and down the East Coast visiting various elders and other family members. Uh, We also volunteered as a family on an organic farm last winter. So it's been quite an adventure. It's amazing. I feel like as a kid, I've always wanted to just get in a trailer and just go, you know, just experience life on the road. That's really cool. How did your kids react to that? They have mostly loved it. It's been a lot of fun. There have been a few moments of wishing we were back in our bigger house where we had Mm -hmm. more space. But we've spent a lot of time with family and they love to be with our family and you know the online learning and kind of moving around and not having the steady environment has its pluses and minuses but mostly i would say because we've been with so many loved ones it's really been a plus and we've also done a lot of wonderful outdoor adventuring so i think it's really been overall um certainly a way to make lemonade out of this kind of lemon time period. Hmm. Um, it certainly has, you know, been, been a, a good way for us to manage this time in human history with some positive, some silver linings. 
Wow. Well, it definitely sounds like you took advantage of your time during the pandemic. Do you guys still have the trailer? Is this something you still are interested in doing, even though we're kind of back to normal life? We're actually still in it right now. We're oh, actually in Florida. You're still. A, yes, we're we're. Uh, I'm not in it right this minute. We're in a. I'm in a cabin that's on some family land, but we are traveling with the the, the camper. In fact, today we go to some different cousins in a few hours. So <laughs> after so this cool. podcast, I will be packing up the camper and traveling to yet another set of cousins. So. Hmm. Um, who are making us homemade pizza tonight. So everyone you is very excited. You guys are living the life. <laughs> you are living the life. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, it certainly has had its pluses and minuses, and there it is a lot of work, but to kind of set it all up. But yes, I, I think it's it's been wonderful. We just did not want to be one of those families that didn't get to see their people. Mm-hmm. So we decided, in short, to do the opposite. And it's been great. And, you know, during the of the pandemic, when we would visit elders, we would quarantine in the driveway before coming inside. So it, you know, we were able to see them in a way that felt safe to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that, June. I feel like our audience, they know you a little bit better now after sharing <laughs> all of those things. So thank you. <laughs> Junebug in July is a colorful children's picture book about a young Junebug named Dave who wakes up to find that it's July 1st and his family has disappeared. To find his family, he needs to figure out where do Junebugs go in July. It's short and sweet with cute, vibrant illustrations, a great book for young adults. Created by indie authors Dominic Guglielmo and Michael Schubert. Available now on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Looking for a spooky ghost story inspired by true events? Haunted Houses by K.S. George is just that story. The kind of ghost story that haunts your past, your present, and your future. Written during the pandemic season, George takes you through a journey that you will never forget. Find your copy on Amazon today. A little bit more about your book here, The Yoga Habit. And just for our audience to know, this is available on Amazon. You can search The Yoga Habit by June Brown, and you can find that book. And what led you to write this book? Where did you find some of the inspiration? I was led to write this book by reflecting on my own slow pace of learning during my early years of yoga practice, putting the pieces together so that my practice supported me properly to receive the full benefits of yoga. For me, it was a long and sometimes confusing journey. So I wrote The Yoga Habit to provide my readers with a more streamlined path to implementing the core habits of a full yoga practice so they could move faster toward benefiting more fully from their practice. I was also inspired to write this book by the richness and benefits of my own self-practice, meaning a personalized practice done at home or anywhere other than the studio especially during these recent times where studio practice has not been steadily available. I have done a lot of self-practice, actually, because the style of yoga I have studied supports this. And because I have at times traveled away from my studio and also been home with my children. 
I think accessing a functioning self-practice that you can take with you wherever you go and practice wherever you like is a great gift and makes yoga take on a whole new level of supportiveness and fun in your life. Mm -hmm. While I think having a teacher is very important and the community of a studio can be wonderful, being able to practice independently can allow yoga to come with you through lifestyle changes, through a pandemic, riding around in a camper with your family, like I have done, or any other form of not being near a studio. And self-practice can also personalize your practice in a way that's very enriching. So it's for those two reasons, to speed up the process to a full practice, and also to support readers toward a functional and dynamic self-practice that I've written The Yoga Habit. Mm -hmm. My purpose is to help others discover their own best yoga experience. And my inspiration has really been my own healing journey and how deeply yoga has played a part in that for me. Yeah. How many years have you had an interest in yoga? Let's see. How many years is it at this point? I began doing yoga 26 years ago, wow. almost 20, almost 27 years ago. So you found your love for yoga about 27 years ago. What led you into writing the book after that point? When did you decide, I need to write a book about yoga? I think I began thinking about writing the book at the beginning of the pandemic. And it kind of, the idea marinated for about a year. And then I finally decided to just go for it and get writing. And I think it came out of the fact that I realized I had something to share that could be helpful to people. And I also, I like to write things down, things that I know. I like to write them down sort of to collect what I know in one place a bit of an organizer. <laughs> hmm. So it was also a way of organizing my knowledge. I find it satisfying to organize my knowledge in, in, in one place. In this case, it took the form of a book. Yeah. And it's certainly not everything I know about yoga, but it's a, it, it's, the book is designed to be a, a starter place or maybe a deepening place for someone in their yoga journey where they can really kind of take a look at different aspects of yoga and pull them together into their practice. Mm -hmm. You mentioned also that your family volunteered at an organic farm. And so when did you find your love for organic farming? What led your family into doing a project like that? Well, my love of farming even predates my love of yoga, I think. <laughs> mm. I, my book is not about farming. But it is true that yoga and clean farming are two passions of mine. I found my love for organic farming first. I would say my first inkling of this love was when I was a teen at an overnight summer camp. The camp owner's brother was an organic farmer. And we campers took some field trips away from the camp where we would sleep on the farm out under the stars. It was amazing. I had never camped without a tent before. We also ate our meals on the farm in a converted barn that was full of lovely tables with checkered tablecloths and baskets of steaming bread 
with course after course of delicious foods to follow, all grown right on the farm. I remember after one of those meals, I went outside and felt like I was part of the land. I had always loved nature and been a skier and a hiker, but never had I felt so attached to a place. The feeling faded after a few hours, but I never forgot it. Hmm. Years later, I read an amazing book called The Continuum Concept by Jean Leedloff, where she describes something she calls the experience of returning to the grove, meaning a place of true wholeness. I remember that I paused my reading of that book when I read about this, looked out at the sky, and recalled that feeling I had all those years prior at the farm. I understood that I had experienced a sense of returning to the grove. The sense of wholeness I'm describing comes from a kind of connectedness that we certainly can lose when we eat industrially, and that we can reclaim when we eat clean and close to the source. Mm-hmm. When I was 18 and a freshman in college was when I really made changes to my eating habits. At my university dining hall, the meat was classified as grade E, edible for humans. I found it tasted disgusting. I also watched a film that showed me the truth of factory farming. I made a lot of friends at that time by giving away my meat tickets at dinner. (laughs) After a while, especially the hockey players and all the big guys who were really happy to have a second portion of steak. (laughs) Anyhow, after a while, I got tired of pizza, salad, and bagels. I wandered down the hill from school toward town one day and saw an organic market. I remembered the farm from my camp years and was curious. I went inside and a whole new world opened up before me. The market, it had a hot bar with all kinds of delicacy tried before and everything was so fresh. Much of the produce at that market came from within about an hour of the store. The difference between that food and the food at the dining hall was stark and undeniable to me. So as soon as I could, I got completely off the meal plan at school and ate food solely from this store. I was hooked on organics because of taste, health, ethics. So I came to organic farming as a customer. Hmm. I later married a horticulturalist, so our love of plants and growing became a shared passion. And then during travels with my husband, before we had kids, we volunteered on several farms. I also had the blessing of editing an organic farming magazine for a living of years. So I got paid to learn about it. My love of yoga was born when an amazing studio came to my neighborhood. But the seeds were perhaps planted many years earlier for me. I had already been a dancer. I was a lead dancer in a successful competitive team dance company. I had been a cheerleader, an aerobics girl, and I had done some meditation. I quit dancing when my team was was winning because I did not like the intense competitiveness. Most of all, I did not like the way my co-dancers developed unhealthy habits with their bodies in order to be skinny and in order to win. Mm -hmm. 
I always missed dancing after I quit, but nothing I found ever filled the void. Years later, a Hatha yoga studio came to my neighborhood, and I became a regular there. I loved the poses, but I did not like the follow-the-leader approach. It just wasn't the right approach for me. I also did not like how people in the class, including the teacher, would single me out when I rocked a pose. It reminded me of the competitiveness that had turned sour for me when I was dancing. I was looking for privacy and quiet as I practiced. So even though I really did not know what I was doing, I tried some self-practice. Then a few years later, a Mysore-style Ashtanga yoga shala came to my neighborhood. Shala is the Sanskrit word for studio. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I went in there and was hooked from day one. My first style Ashtanga yoga involves moving through the Ashtanga yoga series at the pace of your own breath, not at the pace of the teacher's breath or voice. It also involves practicing at your own best level of challenge for that particular moment, a level that is tailor-made by you and the teacher as a team and designed for your well-being. Any attention I got in the shala was one-on-one even though we were all together as a group in the room. The feedback and adjustments were private, supportive, and helpful. I had no sense of being on display, but instead felt a togetherness with others that also afforded quiet and privacy. It felt like a version of the Grove experience all over again, and I loved it. I felt at home in my yoga practice, like I had not felt since I had been a young dancer. I practiced for about two hours a day, five or six days a week, for many years, until motherhood necessitated less frequent visits to the shala and shorter practices at home. My love of yoga has continued ever since. I can understand what it's like to want to do it at your own pace, in your own time, in your own home. I can understand that. And I think that would make sense for a lot of our listeners as well, people who want to pursue it in their own time, in their own way. And I think that this book will help with that. I hope so. That's certainly my intention. And I'm a real believer that finding your way to some kind of yoga where you can be moving based on your own breath is a wonderful step to take if if you can create that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Very, very important and powerful aspect of, of, of yoga in certain forms that I have found extremely helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to go into that a little bit more because, to be honest, I don't know very much about yoga, but how <laughs> can yoga benefit a person's life? Well, the benefits of yoga are so numerous, it, it would be impossible to state them all here. I list and explain 50 benefits in my book, but that is only scratching the surface. The benefits of yoga are mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, and really unique to the individual yoga practitioner. Some benefits include increased flexibility and strength, improved posture, better bone density, lower blood pressure and blood sugar, 
less inflammation, easier menopause for women, heart health for men and women, general anti-aging, lower stress, enhanced self-esteem, less depression, better digestion, allergy and pain relief, improved focus, and better sex. Whatever issue you are facing, I would bet that if you do a little research, you can find a practice within yoga that can help you to heal those issues, or at least to soften them and open doors to further healing. Excellent. Is there anything else that you can tell us about this book that we didn't mention yet? Let's see. The Yoga Habit is designed as a full primer on yoga. My hope is that through reading the book, you can develop a yoga practice that contains all of the core benefit-producing facets of yoga to be practiced at home or at a shala. The book includes poses, asanas, locks, bandhas, hand gestures, mudras, breathing techniques, pranayama, and meditations. There are several guided series in the book that the reader can follow along and do on their mat. I do recommend that if you do any or all of the included series regularly, you consider using the audio book when you are on your mat. There is also advice in my book about modifications to the poses, what to do on days when you have very little time to practice, as well as tips about how to develop a self-practice. I give guidance about how to put together a series yourself, and I include an A to Z guide of yoga poses. Also in the book are tips about what mat to buy, what clothes to wear, other props to consider, and how to find a good teacher. I also discuss something called the Eight Limbs of Yoga, which describes some spiritual aspects of yoga that can be supported by the asana practice so that my readers will understand some of the spiritual impact that doing yoga can have on a person. The Yoga Habit is a synthesis of all the yogic habits that I feel have helped me the most in my healing journey. It is designed also to support expanding beyond what the book offers into a dynamic growing yoga practice, which offers dynamic growing benefits. The yoga habit is also set up to support you to keep doing yoga, even when you are busy, and even if you need modifications. I would like to mention that even though my core training is in Ashtanga, This book is not limited to the Ashtanga practice. I would say it has an Ashtanga influence, but is much more general and can be applied as a basis for many forms of yoga, if desired. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, June, for sharing all of these things with our listeners today. If you could leave our audience today with one overall statement, what do you think that would be? As Patabi Joyce, a founder of Ashtanga famously said, yoga is 99% practice, 1% theory. So I encourage my readers 
to get on your mat and do your practice. Whatever practice you have developed by today, do that practice today. It is usually better to practice for a short amount of time daily than to practice long and hard once in a while. I encourage you to make yoga a regular habit. Whether it's three times a week or five or six times a week or every day of the month except the new and full moon days, I encourage you to get on your mat regularly and do your yoga. Try not to be judgmental of your progress and instead be present with your body in a way that gently pushes you just slightly past your comfort zone. If you can stick with it, I think you will be amazed by the results. Yeah, thank you so much. And if I can have you tell our audience one more time where we can find you on your social media, where we can buy this book as well. Sure. You can currently find my book, The Yoga Habit by June Brown on Amazon in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats. For full use of the book, I do recommend getting either the ebook or the paperback as well as the audiobook. This way, you can curl up with the written book to read and study and can listen to the audiobook when you are on your mat as a guide while you actually practice. The audiobook is designed with pauses as needed, so you can hopefully practice without having to mess with your device. You can, of course, still pause the audio anytime in order to go at your own pace. I do encourage you to practice at the pace of your own breath. I also have a website called healthylivingwithjunebrown.com where you can watch my book trailer, see other interviews I have done, and can also sign up for my mailing list where I am currently offering a free series on yoga for hands and feet. My Facebook page, Healthy Living with June Brown, and my Instagram page, June Brown's Healthy Living, are both linked on my website as well. I do also have a TikTok account called Healthy Living with June, which I am playing around with developing more. Thank you, Dallas, for taking the time to speak with me today and to the listeners for joining in. May you find your way to your yoga habit. Namaste. June, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here with our audience, sharing all the things that you have in your book with us. I want to point our audience one more time to check out your book on Amazon, the audio, the paperback, the ebook, all of those are there. Check out her websites, her Instagram, her Facebook, all of that will be in the link below, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy. Stay classy.